Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot. poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has no part is to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who came to betray him, and that was why he said, second reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and reading from verses 1 to 7 and then from verses 12 to 17. And the passage is headed, Apostles of Christ. So then, men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and of those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time each will receive his praise from God. Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over against another. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did not receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? And then reading from verse 12 to 17. We work hard with our own hands when we are cursed. We bless when we are persecuted. We endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. I am not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I am sending you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. 
He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Praise be to the Lord for his word. Amen. So, morning again. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we pray that you will speak to us as we reflect on your word this morning. You are the great teacher. And Lord, you have taught us by example. And we pray, Father, that we will learn from your own example. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, this morning, just to point us to one particular statement in part of our reading to be imitators of Christ, to be imitators of Christ. Now, you remember the other Sunday, I think it was last Sunday, when I told the story of the man who saw money lender at the door and didn't know how to confront his problem, he told the son to tell the moneylender, I am not in. And the son went and said, my dad says I should tell you he's not in. <laughs> now, the other thing I didn't tell you is, actually, as the man stood at the door, he saw under the door the toes of the dad. <laughs> and so he said to the little boy, all right, when next your dad is going out, tell him to go with his feet. <laughs> he was just trying to be very polite so this little child doesn't get too embarrassed. Already he's been made to tell a lie. But that illustration was to show how children pick from what we do and what we say. Jesus taught his disciples by example. And what greater example than he, the master, the teacher, washing the feet of his disciples? That was one of the jobs that was left for servants. Servants in the house had different roles. And there were those whose role was to wash the feet of their visitors. When their master has a visitor, of course, as we know, in those days, they were in rural areas and the roads were not as tired as we have right now. And I did explain that at the time of Jesus, there was also, you know, the, the, the empire routes that connected very large cities. But those routes were not tired. They were all cobbled. But so when people travel long distances or even short distances, just think of yourself taking a walk through the fields. By the time you get from one end of the field to the other, your uh, shoes have already picked up a lot of dust. Now, they didn't have the kind of sneakers we have these days. You know, sandals they wear. And so by the time they've got to wherever they are going, they are coated with dust. And of course, because it was also desert areas, there was sandstorm and dust blowing around everywhere. So when someone comes in, what they expect as a welcome is for their feet to be washed with cool water. 
and they're given you know, cold water to drink as well. And so Jesus exemplified servanthood by washing the feet of his disciples. Now, Peter saw what was happening, said, no, never. It shouldn't be you washing our feet. We should be washing your feet. And Peter resisted so vehemently. But Jesus was intent to teach a lesson. He said, you see, Peter, if I don't do this, then you don't have any part in me. I have to do this. Peter knew that this was serious. He now said, all right, Lord, not just my feet, from my head, everywhere. Jesus said, well, you've showered. I know you, you've showered. So don't worry, you don't need that. This is for a purpose. And so he used that then, after he finished, to say to them, if I... Your Lord, your master has done this, then you should do likewise to one another. You should serve one another. So being imitators of Christ is following the footsteps of Jesus. There is this particular acronym that used to be popular in those days among Christians WWJD. Who remembers what it is? What? would Jesus do? That is, if you are faced with a difficult challenge, a difficult circumstance, how will Jesus have responded if you don't know what to do at that very time? So you ask yourself, what will Jesus do in this situation if he was here, if he was confronted with this? Jesus was tempted. So if we are faced with temptation, the question we should ask ourselves is, what will Jesus do in the face of this temptation? If people should throw rubbish at me, if people should slander me, if people should betray me, how do I respond? The question will be, what will Jesus do? And that's very, very important for us because it helps us to give guidance on how we should respond. And for those who have been called to serve as elders, that is the main purpose of today, um, the, the key aspect of today's worship, to induct, to ordain and induct Karen and Peter into the eldership of the United Reformed Church, not just Christ Church here, because once they are ordained, they are ordained as elders of the United Reformed Church. So wherever they are, they're recognized as elders of the church. Now, so for you to enter into this particular office as it were, you've gone through some preparations, you've read through some documents, but there is no document that you will read that will prepare you for this service more than this document here. That's the Bible. Everything we do takes its reference from this book. And every one of us as believers, we should take our reference from this book. No matter what society says, what will Jesus do should be your response. No matter what culture says, what does the Bible say about it? Because we are quick to say what society says and we forget that we take our reference. The Bible says we are citizens of heaven. And so our starting point is from this book 
God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You will meditate on it day and night. And that's the way you make your ways prosperous and you will have good success. So as people of God, we are called then to emulate Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus loved people. Jesus cared for people. The love of God was manifest in the life of Christ. That is, the greatest of which was when he died on the cross. So Jesus loved, and he is calling us to love. In fact, this same John chapter 13, if you go further down, you will see there that Jesus said, as I have loved you, you should also love one another. And so Jesus showed the example of love and is asking us then to follow suit and love one another. Look at verse 34 of John chapter 13. In fact, if I start from verse 33, it says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. But then verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must. It didn't even say you should. He said you must love one another. So it's a commandment. The greatest of all commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. As Christian people called to serve the Lord, the example when we talk of imitation is to want to copy, is to want to draw a lesson, to model. You know, we, we use, if you want to bake a cake, some people bake cakes of different kind of, you know, they are so artistic. They can bake anything into a cake or bake a cake into anything. <laughs> the other way around. And so if you are celebrating something, if you're a horse rider, you tell them, I want a horse for a cake, they will make you one, a cake that is perfectly, if you have the color of your horse and you tell them, in fact, the picture of the horse you want, they will make a cake that's a horse, especially that picture. So they are experts in doing that. But they need the mold to help them get this cake out perfectly well. And so when we, as people of God, look unto Jesus, as the Bible says, the author and the finisher of our faith, we are drawing from his life how we ourselves should live. And if we draw from his life, he expects us then to show that same love to other people. So Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, showing servanthood. I am your leader, but I'm washing your feet. I know we all miss it somewhere, sometime. But it shouldn't be the numb that we miss it all the time. We are not Jesus, mind you. We are not Jesus, but we are called to be like him. Now, if he illuminates our life like the candle picks light from the, you know, the, the, the matchstick, it 
distributes and keeps going around. So we are now carrying the light of Christ. We are not called to be Christ, but we are called to be the Christ to someone else. They see. You know, one minister, just as children left this morning, I was reminded of that story of um, the minister who was surprised after praying for the children and they left to their um, section as we did this morning. One little girl went sobbing heavily and the mom was trying to pat her down and, you know, console her. And the pastor was so shocked. After the service, went to the mom and said, what happened? As soon as she left, she really let out a big yell. Is she all right? He said, yeah. That um, she, she said she smiled to God and God refused to smile back at her. As far as that little girl was concerned, the pastor represented God. And so when she came out, normally the pastor would smile at all of them. And so on that occasion, he failed to smile back at her. And that was why she yelled out, Oh, my world has come crashing. I smiled at God and he refused to smile back at me. So the Christ people see you and I. And that's why we must be imitators of Christ. You know, now, when we say imitation, I know it could give the impression of something fake, isn't it? When you hear something, it's an imitation. You know, it gives the impression of something that is not real, something that is fake. But no, on this occasion, it's really being molded by Christ into his likeness. So that when people see us, they are seeing actually the image of Christ in us. So that we love like Christ, we live like Christ, the example we show. I know sometimes, as I said, we don't all get it perfectly right all the time, but it should be our desire. No wonder the Apostle Paul prayed a prayer in Philippians. And I'll turn there to see his heart cry, the Apostle Paul, when it comes to wanting to be like Christ. Let's see um, what the Apostle Paul said about this. In Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5, he says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ. Right. Chapter 3. Verse 10, he goes on then to talk about himself. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. So the apostle Paul, his heart cried. In fact, he goes on in verse 12 to say, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He said, I press on. I want to catch that purpose for which Jesus called me. Jesus told his disciples, 
you will be fishers of men. Because Jesus was going about fishing men for the kingdom, drawing people from their sins. And he said, that is the same thing we should do. We should live the life of Christ. Not the fake one, because that is more like wearing a mask. We've been wearing masks, haven't we? You know, but, you know, sometimes masquerade, you know, if you, have, if you listen to some comedians who are mimicking people, they are not that person, but they're just mimicking just for the show. No, that's not what we're talking about here. It's not to put up a show. That's not what the life of a Christian is. We have been called and made different as God's people. And so, what are we supposed to do? Follow. Follow the example of Christ. And what were his examples? He prayed. If Jesus prayed, then there's no reason why you and I should not pray. Jesus served. And if he served, there's no reason why you and I should not serve. People, even in that story we read, he said, one of you will do or betray me. And if Jesus was serving and Judas, who worked closely with him, betrayed him, then we should know that people will betray us. People will say all kinds of things about us. But did that stop Jesus from serving? No, he didn't. He kept serving still. He still gave his life for people like Judas. But it was Judas who condemned himself. He had an opportunity. But he went and took his own life, which is very, very sad. So people of God this morning... One more scripture I want to draw attention to. And that is the Apostle Paul again writing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he said, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So Paul is saying, I am following Christ. You do what? Follow me. So we are all moving in the same direction. Follow my example as I follow Christ. If George Carlo does anything wrong, please don't follow that example. If George does anything that's not like Christ, please don't follow that example. Because why? The ultimate, Paul was saying, even though I'm the one, but the ultimate person is who? Christ. So all our eyes should be focused on Him so that we can do the right things that He has called us to do, to mirror the life of Christ to everyone we meet. Christ looked up to the Father. So what I've seen the Father do is what I'm doing. So you follow my example because Christ did what the Father wanted him to do. And finally, Christ was there to loosen people from their bondage. He wasn't there to hold people down. He was there to loosen. When, when you read um, John chapter 11, the miracle of Lazarus coming back to life, Jesus went there. Forget about all the argument, Mary and Martha, you know, saying it is too late. Jesus said, don't worry, just believe what is going to happen. Now, on that particular occasion, when Jesus said, Lazarus should come out, and Lazarus came out, he was still bound by the grave cloth. What did Jesus say? Lose him. 
loosen him up and let him go. When Jesus saw the woman who was going to be stoned to death, what did Jesus say? If you have not sinned, be the first to cast a stone. No one. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? Say, no one. Go and sin no more. That was the life of Christ. And wherever we go, in this church, outside this church, in our workplace, let's be one of those who release people. Give them forgiveness. Give them an opportunity to retrace, come back to God. And that is what I pray this morning. We all will be imitators of Christ today and always. Amen.